welcome to Park in the Bus, a fantasy football podcast. I am your host, Callum, and I am once again joined by my very good friend, Jack. Hello. Hi, Jack. How are you doing this week? I'm okay. Not too bad. Looking forward to talking some fantasy football. It, it, it feels like... It, it feels longer than a week since we did the first episode, I have to say. We got the fixtures out on... Is it Thursday morning? It was Thursday morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I had a busy week at work, so yeah, all that combined together feels like a about a month since we last spoke. I mean, a lot a lot has happened in the week. Obviously, the fixtures coming out. We had the uh, Europa League final on Friday, the Champions League fr- uh, final on uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just just tons of stuff going on. Um, did you watch any of the the finals? Uh, I watched about fifteen minutes of the Champions League final. That was about it. <laughs> did you have to do on Sunday night that was more important than watching PSGV by Munich? Uh, play cricket like a moron. Does that count? <laughs> um, yeah. Was the Europa League final Friday night? The Europa League was Friday night. Yeah, yeah I, I played tennis on Friday night. So, uh, so you decided to be uh, fit and active and social rather than stay at home like a loser like me. Right. Well, I can't believe I can't believe you would do this, Jack. Uh, no. Yeah, well, should have been tinkering around with my fantasy football team instead, shouldn't I? Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. well, you you still got time to do that. Yeah, there's still a bit of time, and there's still a few variables that we need to like transfers, etc. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. and we'll be discussing all of those uh, today, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, obviously, just just to touch on what happened uh, during the week uh, in Europe. Obviously, Sevilla beat Inter Milan. In a pretty thrilling game, I have to say, on yeah. Friday night. Yeah, my uh, nil-nil call. Uh, you know, for, for, a first, <laughs> for a first impression for some listeners, I'm, I'm deeply sorry. Yeah, if you if you missed our pilot uh, last week, we kind of previewed the games, and Jack said, um, I, "I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was nil-nil for 120 minutes." Yeah, only uh, for Lukaku to score a penalty within the first five minutes. And it was a two-two by half time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. And you'd have probably said out the two finals, the the Champions League one would have been the three-two rather than the one-nil. That's very true. It feels like the score lines were should have been the other way around. Is yes, yeah, say. yeah, that's the way it goes. But oh well, not a good first yeah. impression. <laughs> Hopefully, my fantasy football work will uh, turn that tide around. Yeah, let's, well, let's hope so. Yeah, but, well, for your sake, at least for me, I'm hoping that's a. Uh, your uh, your fantasy team is as worse as your real life prediction. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it was a great Europa League final. Um, I think I think Sevilla were probably deserved winners. I'd say on the balance of it, but it was very close. Um, as for the Champions League final, I mean, it was only one nil, but what a game it was. End to end, really for ninety minutes, uh, really could have finished like five four. Um, if there had been some better finishing on the play. But, um, yeah, really enjoyable, I felt. Yeah, yeah, sounds it. I've, I'm still we were robbed of a Bayern-Liverpool final by Adrian. <laughs> I, uh, bring, I'm going to let bring, that go. Bring, you? No, and, I, and that brings some Premier League chat back to this podcast as well by saying yeah. that I think Liverpool were robbed by their own keeper. <laughs> yeah, Agent uh, Adrian, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've got a question for you, Jack. Okay. Okay. So it was a 1-0 result uh, against PSG. 
Can you guess when the last time a Champions League final ended 1-0? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't Premier League related. How do you expect me to know this? Well, uh, I, well you know, I, I, I like to test your knowledge every now and again. Uh, no, uh, to be, yeah. I'm just going to go out and guess 1996. You are unbelievably close. Oh, was it 95, it was, 97? It was 1998. Oh, oh year of birth. Real beat, uh, yeah, Real Madrid beat uh, Juventus 1-0. This year's final was the lowest scoring final since 2003 when uh, Milan and Juventus drew 0-0. After 120, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, went to penalties. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, I think just, it just, just sort of says how crazy the Champions League finals can be. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was still a very exciting match. Con- uh, congrats to Bayern Munich, of course. Um, fully deserved winners. I think they would have won it even if you know Corona hadn't gotten in the way. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's enough uh, chat about the real world. It is time to get into our fantasy talk for the week. Yeah, that's what the podcast is about. Um, obviously, the big news uh, was the fixture list. Yeah, uh, finally released on Thursday morning. On the whole, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at it that much. Um, I took a look at the Crystal Palace fixtures, obviously. But uh, beyond that, I haven't really paid attention. So um, do you want to t- just talk it, talk us through it? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so, well, my, my first initial thought was, if Tottenham aren't in the top four by October, November, we are not finishing in the top four in May. Uh, uh, we probably have the best first six. We've only got Man United from the from the top six and the first six, uh, and then it goes downhill around winter time. So if we aren't in the top four after say like game week nine, game week ten, I think it, it's it's kind of pushed me towards starting with one of our players, which I didn't really want to do. I'd ignore our midfield minus Son. I think Kane's a good option because Kane will always score goals. Whether whether he's a a reliable captaincy option, I'm not sure because he doesn't seem to be the same, you know, hat trick or two goals constantly machine that he was sort of 2016 17. But I think uh, Eric Dyer and Ben Davis might be quite good value as well. I think we let in two goals in our last seven games of the season or something like that, and and one of them was that Lacazette goal from like 30 yards in the derby um, so I th- I'd say we have the best fixtures no bias I just think that our fixtures are really good to start off with I you, think... you changed your tech from uh, last week then I, I have I've been changing it around a little bit nothing's really I've got one player who I've decided is ridiculously undervalued who I will 90% have in game week one who I don't think we spoke about last week very much uh, which I'll disclose later oh um, you team okay uh, yeah yeah uh, and in terms of other teams with good fixtures, uh, Wolves have got a really good long, sort of medium to long term base of fixtures. Um, their first two are, are quite tough. They have Sheffield United away and, and Man City. But um, after that, it's quite the next four are West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, and Newcastle, which are pretty good. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have Doherty for, for a long time, barring injury. Yeah, that'd be a good time to bring in the likes of you know Jimenez and uh, potentially Traore as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, just fixtures alone, that's very tasty. Yeah, I think I think doubling up on the defense is a very um, 
legitimate play because they are mm. they're very solid at the back. I think they were one of the best teams in Europe for um, clean sheets and expected goals conceded. Um, so I it think- always makes me as, as odd about Wolves because we talk so much about the likes of Traore and Jimenez and Jot and how good they are offensively. But we actually kind of forget how solid their, their back line is. Obviously, we talk about Doherty, but, you know, even their back three with, you know, Cody and Bolly and, uh, you know, Denk Donkner now as well in there, you know, they're, they're a surprisingly solid team. They very rarely let in more than one goal in a game. You know, they said people, some people called Nuno the, the next Mourinho. So, mm. he's quite a solid defensively based manager. I think having like Doherty and, well, I would say Doherty and Vinagre, but we don't know about Enzi Maitland-Niles. Yes, I was going to mention this. I, I see a lot of this rumours of uh, Wolves, and I believe Newcastle as well are quite interested in him. Uh, um, a fee's been agreed, I think, with Arsenal for Wolves to sign him. Oh, has it? Oh, right. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. I missed this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, given his versatility, I wouldn't be surprised if he slots in at left wing back at some point. As you say, he's pretty versatile, so he can play anywhere. I know he sees himself as a midfielder. So um, I think that there's got to be maybe a promise that he will get game time in midfield. But certain certain players have to realise that they might have a future as a utility man and that might be what's best for their career. If you tell that to uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think he'd strongly disagree, (laughs) (laughs) given how his... I'm pretty sure it was in his contract uh, when he signed for Liverpool. I will only play central midfield and occasionally right wing when I absolutely have to. That's true. So obviously Doherty, I'm like ninety percent sure I'll have him because he's a great asset and their fixtures are pretty good. Next one, actually, I was always talking about was Fulham's fixtures are quite good, and uh, I've completely rejiggled my forward line and my two up front and now Kane and Mitrovic. Ooh. Um, or for the target man, I see. He's the talisman. Um, he's a talisman, isn't he? If they if they score yeah. a goal, he's probably going to be involved. I have to be honest. I, I've been seeing a, a few more friends have sort of sent me their initial teams, and Mitrovic is well. He features in quite a lot of them, to be honest. And he's starting in pretty much all of them that I've seen. I really don't know with Fulham. I've got. I, I think Fulham will go down, but. It, does that mean Mitrovic is going to do badly or is he still going to do well? I'm not quite sure at this point. Yeah, I mean, we have previous history of, of, of talisman in relegated teams doing well, like yeah, Charlie Adam, um, mm. uh, Charlie Austin as well. When he was at QPR, they went down. He got a lot of goals. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think just because you think a team's going to go down means that um, you necessarily have to avoid them. Yeah. Um, which brings me on to another one of my picks. Who is another team with half decent fixtures. Um, I've swapped my midfield around a bit and replaced Sam Maximan with Pereira from West Brom, who I think wasn't in the game when we spoke last week. I don't think he'd been signed yet. I think that's true. No, he hadn't signed yet. Um, um, he's another talisman, I think. If I think he's going to be at the centre of, of a lot of what West Brom create. Tell me more about Pereira because I'll be honest, like I don't really watch much of the Championship or West Brom. What what position is he? What does he kind of do? Uh, he's an attacking midfielder of, of some sort. Um, I don't. We didn't watch a lot of West Brom to be honest. I know he got a lot of assists. He, he must, I think he got like fifteen assists, fifteen, sixteen oh. assists. He was their best player. They were they were fairly unspectacular to be honest for a team that finished second. Um. Mm. I have them bottom. I, I, you know, I, I think 
there's a good chance that they'll go straight back down. I'm not really sure if he'll be in my game week one team because, but I think that sort of 5.5, 6 million price bracket in midfield is not the best. I, you know, it's not, that's a fourth midfielder. You know, your fourth best midfielder in your team is that price. And it's mm. not, it's not great to be honest with you. I, I think Pereira, would you rather have Pereira above uh, uh, like Sam Maximan or, or Armstrong or, uh, you know, Dwight McNeil, Ward Prowse. I don't know what you think about it. I don't know. I mean, it, I think the problem is that he's he is an unknown quantity. We don't know an awful lot about him. We don't know how he's going to cope with the Premier League. But obviously, West Brom have seen something in him uh, to obviously bring him permanently, and they're obviously going to put a lot of faith in him to uh, to keep them up. So. Especially if I want to have a flexible, flexible team where I could change between players or change between formations. You know, I'm not set on the formation yet. All I know is it'll be four at the back at least. So uh, Hayden, Shelby, yeah, I don't think uh, you know. It's just a, it's it's an addition, but I don't think it's really going to improve their fortunes or anything, um, which has kind of put me off Sam Maximan. Yeah, I mean, obviously, since the takeover's fallen through. They're no longer being linked with Mbappe. <laughs> I saw that was one of my favourite things was going through the Newcastle Twitter uh, and all the replies were just from like fans of other clubs just going, I thought you were meant to be signing Mbappe. What's all this? <laughs> <laughs> from Mbappe to Hendrick, you know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, so, uh, I haven't seen anything from them. No real movement, uh, to be honest. I mean, I mean, it is Newcastle. It, it is Mike Ashley. Yeah. You know, he he's too busy planning the takeover of I don't know M- who's go who's going out of business M and S everyone <laughs> yeah whatever uh, high street chain is going out of uh, business you know Mike Ashley is just like hanging about like ready to to like leave save the day break so, the high uh, street yeah <laughs> yeah should we should I swap the uh, the rhetoric over to the teams who have we've probably been put off a bit by their rubbish fixtures. Yeah, let's let's do it. You know, who 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 should we be uh, be avoiding, Jack? Uh, I'd probably say, as usual, they seem to get shafted every single year by the first few games. West Ham, yes, absolutely, <laughs> have got Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Tottenham, and Man City as from game week two to game week six. Oh, let, let's not forget Liverpool in game week seven as well. Oh, have they? Uh, I've, I've, I've got my, my sheet up to game week six. Oh, they have, uh, yeah. I've just taken a look. So, yeah, so they've got Newcastle home and then, and then they've got that horrible run. Yeah, it's dreadful. What? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, like, I'm no West Ham fan, but how is that legal? How does it happen I... to them? How many times have they played Man City and Liverpool back to back? I swear it happens to them every season. It does. It does seem to be a regular occurrence. Yeah, I mean, I strongly dislike that football club, and I feel like I'm standing up for them right now. <laughs> it's horrible. I don't think it changes whether I have Suchek in or not. I think he's just such good value. I'm not going to change him. For five million, I think he's absolutely fine to have in your team. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not considering changing him either. Um, I think it might change whether I have Mikel Antonio or not. Because I think I thought he was a pretty decent option up until that fixture. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he could score in the majority of, or you know, a few of these games. To be honest, West Ham's record last year against the big teams wasn't bad. 
this is the thing. Like, I, I feel the combination of Moyes and uh, Antonio, who's often a big game player, I feel. Um, you know, I think that that could play into their hands. At the same time, I, I can't also see that happening, though. Like, it could happen, but it, it won't, if you know what I mean. From a, a logical point of view, and you see these fixtures, and you're picking between Antonio and Mitrovic, or, yeah, uh, I don't know, Che Adams, maybe as well. Southampton's fixtures are pretty good. You know, yeah. when you're choosing between those two and you see the fixtures, it's quite hard to pick hmm. Antonio off those fixtures. Um, I think quite a lot of people have banded around the idea of a game week two wild card um, because of the blanks, which I'm sure we'll come on to later. I think Antonio is a good pick if you're if you've got your heart set on that. You know, it's almost like a free hit, I suppose, in a strange sort of way. I'd probably have Antonio if I was doing that. I'm not because I want to try and save my wild card personally for as long as possible this year. Which brings me on. Yeah, to it's, a... it's never good to uh, to use your wild card too early. No, uh, which... unless unless you're doing absolutely terribly. Yeah, which brings me on to the next point, which is the point of which you can use your first wild card has changed this year. Oh, I it's, did not know this. It's a little bit earlier. It's game week 16 instead of 20. So if you're someone that generally leaves your wildcard to the last couple of weeks, it's just a, a word of warning because that would be the worst feeling in fantasy football possible, I'd imagine. <laughs> you have a wildcard and you don't use it. Mm. So... Um, yeah, no, that isn't good. Yeah, but... Mm. Uh, West Ham, my general thing would say it's probably put me off Antonio. It's probably put me off Jared Bowen. It's probably not put me off Suchek. Um, what would you say Ben Johnson is one of the best 4.0 options? I don't know if you're going to play Ferguson or Mitchell every week. I don't know what your plan is with them because I know you have both. Well, here's the thing. Um... I've had a look at the Palace fixtures, and I'm not sure about them. So let me walk you through the first four game weeks. We've got Southampton at home, then Man United away, then Everton at home, and then Chelsea away. Now, I look at that, and I can't see a lot of clean sheets there. No, uh, I, can't, I can't see a lot of goals either, which is slightly concerning from a, a Palace fan's point of view. Yeah, the first... But, uh, Oh, I, I, I worry about having, as you say, I, I think I'm going to have to ditch one of Mitchell or uh, Ferguson. I don't know which one yet. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to be going for Ferguson. Yes. And I really don't know whether Roy is going to give him this sort of baptism of fire and then just, just chuck him in straight away. Yeah. Or is going to bring him in slowly and Joel Ward is going to keep playing right back. Okay. Um, I really don't know. Uh, whereas, again, it depends on the fitness of the squad. Um, it's what pre-season's for. It's true, but, you know, we, we've still not had a friendly yet. No. Uh, Do you know if you've got any coming up? We have some coming up, but they're literally, like, in, like, the week before the season starts. So, oh, right, OK. That's strange. Uh, we've already yeah, had we're one. Yeah, we're leaving it quite late. Yeah. Uh, as per usual. We've already had one. Who, you, who are you playing? Uh, Ipswich, one three nil. Not that the result really matters, but um, not really. No. A few interesting things. Um, Hoybier played with 
Harry Winks and was pretty aggressive. I think Harry Winks was still deeper than Hoiberg. All right. Um, Hoiberg looks more like a ball-winning midfielder rather than a drop-between-the-centre-backs type. Um, so I don't know how that affects us defensively because I was saying earlier about I really quite like Eric Dyer and Ben Davis as options. And even Lloris, to be honest. I think Lloris is a good keeping option if you want to go. I think Lloris is probably the, the best five-and-a-half keeper. And yes, even better than Nick Pope, I'd have said. Um, <laughs> I, he was so under the radar at the end of last season. He was insanely good for six weeks. He was, actually. Um, that is a fair point to make. Uh, it was it was just the you know, preceding 10 months before that that he was absolutely terrible. He's missed, he but... missed a lot of game time. He uh, he had the highest well, save percentage well, in, the, I mean, in the league. Yeah. Uh, say that again, sorry? He had the highest save percentage in the league at the end of the season. Ah, that's interesting. He's still world-class. He's still a world-class goalkeeper, in my yeah. opinion. And I still think I won't be spending five and a half million on a goalkeeper, especially for us when you can get Eric Dyer for 0.5 less. But um, yeah. I think that I will maybe have some more Tottenham players than I thought. Uh, mm. I quite like to write us off these days because it just leads to double anguish if uh, it all goes wrong. I know we shouldn't say that, like our team, you know, you should just be logical and if a Tottenham player is a good pick, a Tottenham player is a good pick. But, you know, I, uh, that pre-season friendly was interesting. I think we play a couple of different systems as well, which is, it's always difficult for players like Son who kind of get moved about. He's, when he played, when he's played left wing, he looks quite ineffective. Uh, when he plays up front, he looks great. So, I, you know, there's a few variables with us, which probably it just means pick Harry Kane because he's always going to play up front and he's always going to score goals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I probably move on to someone else with not very nice fixtures. Leeds. Ah, okay. Who have they got then? Uh, Liverpool away. Fulham, yep. Fulham at home, which is okay. Sheffield United, yeah. Man City, Wolves, and then Aston Villa. Ooh, that is tricky. Yeah, um, which is a shame. Well, maybe yeah. it's a there's pros and cons. There's, uh, it probably gives you a chance to wait and see a bit more on them. Mm-hmm. You know, wait and see how they adapt. Rather than if they had six really good fixtures to start off with, you'd probably be more tempted to get while their defenders in immediately. Yeah. Um. So that six weeks could be like a little bit of a testing period, I think. Yeah, you know, if I mean, they are, they are again a bit like West Brom, uh, and a bit like Fulham as well. We we really don't know what Leeds are going to be like in the Premier League. You know, we've seen glimpses of you know Bielsa's style, and you know when they played um, Arsenal in the FA Cup, uh, right really at the good. start, they were yeah they were well, they were very good for the first half, and in the second half it all kind of went wrong. Yeah, um, they have a problem with so, finishing chances. Yeah, well, that's what happens when, you know, Patrick Bamford is uh, playing up front for you. Yeah, the um, XG killer. Yeah. Patrick <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting, um, as I alluded to earlier, I've taken a look at some of the people's uh, teams. And uh, Stuart Dallas features in pretty much everyone's team that I've seen. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, 4.5 defender. Do we bring him in? If they had six good fixtures, he would have been in my team, I think. Or like if they were sort of even halfway up 
the fixtures, you know, if they, they had some good, some bad. Um, I don't think so anymore. There's, um, it's a, sh- yeah, it's a shame actually, but I probably won't have someone in who's got a couple, uh, yeah, at least three. Sheffield United, Sheffield United, the Wolves aren't exactly the most um, prolific, though. So if if Leeds Definitely. start the season be. really well, they could beat both of them. But um, as a as a four point five defender. Even if you don't start him against, you know, Liverpool uh, or City uh, or even Wolves, like he could sit on your bench and he could still come in for the Fulham and the Villa games and even the Sheffield United game, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I don't think he's someone anymore to start for the first four weeks in a row. Um, it depends on the balance of your team. If you've got him rotating with someone else, I still don't see why it's a bad option. Actually, yeah, you are right. Um, it kind of depends on the, the balance of your team. I'm currently on the three big hitters and then two rotating 4.5s or, you know, a 4.5 and a 4 million. My mm. other alternative is uh, uh, to pick Dyer and the 4 million who will basically never get off the bench. <laughs> um, just because I think Dyer's our number one centre-back now. Um, I think he'll play basically every game he's available for selection. That's just weird, though, isn't it? That Eric Dyer is now your your number one centre back. Yeah, I mean, of that, you know Alderweireau and Sanchez. Yeah, uh, Mourinho is a big fan. You know, Mourinho has gets his gets his heart set on something, and it doesn't change. <laughs> um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't think he was that bad at the end of last season. Actually, it was it was okay. Um, and he will get you a few goals. He's pretty good at set from set pieces. You know, he's pretty dangerous in he the air. Yeah, decent. Um, yeah. He could get a few assists, actually. In a, You know, I know he's a centre-back, but he's got, he's got a great passing range. Um, he's got a couple of assists in the pass for Deli Alley over the top with long balls. Um, so, I, don't, I think I'm starting to drift towards this four set-and-forget defenders and then everyone, and then, like, you know, the four million who just stays on the bench rather than much rotation of, this, of my team. Oh, okay. Um, just to think, I think, with the fixtures, I think, and, and our def- newfound defensive solidity, I can see us keeping out quite a few teams in the first six game weeks. You are talking a lot of sense. You are now tempting me to get in, if, if not die, at least one Tottenham defender in. There's nothing wrong with Ben Davis either, I don't think. Yeah. Um, he doesn't advance past the halfway line, so don't expect... <laughs> well, I mean... Well, Aurier's there. He will never go past the halfway line. If Aurier goes, he might go past the halfway line. Um, yeah. So, and he's, he's he's had some decent seasons in the past. You know, you know, few assists. I think he's a, I think he's an underrated player for sure. He's just quite solid. Uh, Nothing spectacular. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah um, in terms of another team, which is suddenly become quite important with the the blank game week for the Manchester teams. Um, yeah. Arsenal's fixtures after the first two weeks are dreadful. I did notice that, yeah. They, um, yeah, yeah, they start with... So they start with Fulham and West Ham, which are great. Yeah. And then after that, Liverpool, Sheffield, Man City, Leicester, Man United. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. That's why my pet hates that. Look, Jack, we're on Wednesday in the Premier League. No, they're not, but 
then I'm going to use the shorthand when I want. It. Okay. <laughs> would you call? Would you call Man United Manchester? No, because there are two Manchester teams. So obviously, I would differentiate. You know. Oh, I think of an alternative here. Uh, there aren't any, are there? Oh dear. Oh well. Oh well. That, I, yeah, it's just one of my annoyances. I feel. It's... Well, I, look, I, I I understand completely. You know. Someone's had a go at me because I once misspelled uh, Blackburn Rovers as Blackburn Rover. <laughs> you know what? Get it, you know, football fans are a bunch of picky bastards sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that one out because this is meant to be a clean podcast. Parental um, guidance. Uh, pr- uh, explicit yeah. content. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, Arsenal. But yeah, no, that's a fair point, yeah. They will have a... Aubameyang will be transferred out a lot in game week three. Yeah, uh, because I, I, I can't wait for the um, you know ninety percent of Aubameyang owners have got rid of him uh, for the Liverpool fixture. Will they? Will uh, they regret this decision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two, two into the game, uh, Aubameyang penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think you know with the whole blank now, he's a legitimate captaincy option for the first two weeks. Um. Mm. And then after that, it's up to you. He's fairly fi- well, fairly fixed to prove. Arsenal's record against the big teams was not great, I don't think. Minus the FA Cup, City ripped them to shreds in the league. Mm. Um, they beat Liverpool when they'd already won the league. There is a, a ridiculous stat. I think it goes back to 2015 that Arsenal haven't beaten another big six side away and given that the Liverpool and City games are both away, uh, I don't think that's a good omen. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I do have Aubameyang now. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Um, I took out De Bruyne for Aubameyang. It'll, okay, then. It'll probably be it'll probably be one that I look to get back, like swap swap over again. Oh, I see. I don't okay. think because obviously City missed the first week, and then well, and then yeah, shall we? Yeah, shall we move on to this whole Manchester dilemma? Yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, we can end the podcast on that. Okay. Um, so, obviously, given... Because of how far they made it in Europe, um, both Manchester City and, Man- and Manchester United missed the first game week, as do who they would have faced in those weeks, which, if I'm correct, is Burnley and Aston Villa? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, so all of those players are out for the first week. Um, that affects my team quite badly, actually, as it turns out. How did you have? Um, so I had uh, Martial, De Bruyne, Chris Wood, and Taylor. Okay. So I no longer have a complete 11. Might um, change that. Yeah. And given the fact that my only striker is uh, Rianne Brewster, who I'm still <laughs> holding that loan move. But at the moment, uh, I'll be basically playing with uh, nine men by the looks of things. What, what are you going to do about you know, the Manchester players and Burnley and Villa players as well? Um, so I had, this time last week, I'm trying to think, I had Martial slash Werner. I was going to change it between the two. But let's say I had Martial. Um, yeah. Martial, De Bruyne, who else did I have? I had Keenan Davis, which, you know, bench player. Don't really oh, know. yeah. Um, yeah, cool. And and Neeland, the four million goalkeeper, which I'd changed yeah. anyway. Um, 
but so my plan was I took the Bruyne out for a Bamiang because they miss a week and City's second game week is Wolves away, which like I'm not going to captain De Bruyne in that game anyway. Um, That's a big fixture for them, uh, for sure. A bad fixture, so, you say? A, tr- a tricky one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have if maybe if it was you know West Brom at home. I oh dear, this is very easily a De Bruyne seventeen pointer again. But <laughs> but no, I, I don't think it. I I don't really have an urge to to get him back for that. So I'll probably just stick with Aubameyang and the um the West Ham away. Uh, West Ham at home, sorry. Mm. Um. But this does bring me on to my player that I've decided is ridiculously undervalued and will almost certainly have in my team. Go for it. And he's the only player who I have from Man City, United, Burnley and Villa. Would you like to have a guess who it is? Uh, ooh, um, can I have three tries? Yeah, of course. Um, wait, can I, can I at least know what position he is? Or is that uh, too yeah. obvious? No, it's midfield. Midfielder. Uh, Mason Greenwood? No, but not far off in terms of age. I'm not, I'm not a fan. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Um, Phil Foden? Phil Foden, yes. Yay! Okay. I think 6.5 million for Phil Foden is a steal. Um, I couldn't believe that when I saw it, because given how much he was playing towards the end of last season, you know, and it has been said for a while that he is, you know, the David Silver replacement. He's going to slot straight into the midfield. I'm surprised how uh, cheap he is. I think I'll have him. I'm 90% sure I'm going to have him. Um, <laughs> even if he's not going to play every game, but then who does for Man City? You know, That's true. You kind of you know. have to take it and then you have to cheer when he gets 15 points next week. It's one of them. And for that price, you know, 6.5 million... Would you rather have Phil, like I said earlier, would you rather have Phil Foden or would you rather have James Ward Prowse for 0.5 less? You know, that's a, yeah, that's a fair point. Would, um, you, would you rather have Phil Foden or Iose Perez for the same price? Well, I would never have Iose Perez because, and as I warned you last year, he would not be good for fantasy points. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Apart, apart from the week where he got a hat trick against Southampton, got eight goals. Uh, what in total? Yeah. Jordan, I you got nine goals, Jack. That's oh, not yeah, a good yeah. thing. That speaks, <laughs> that speaks volumes. I think Foden's a great shout. Uh, I'm just having a look at Manchester United fixtures. They're actually pretty good. Um, oh, Palace, yeah, the, Palace and Brighton. Then they have got... It's weird because they've got Spurs, Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal. But for some reason, uh, the fantasy Premier League site ha- only has them down as uh, free difficulty. Oh, don't use that ticker. It's crap. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but even so, like that's, and you know, I think Ollie's, you know, actually tends to do better with them. They tend to do better in the bigger fixtures than they do the little ones. I feel. Yeah, um, I think that's died off a little bit with Bruno coming in. But yeah, they still they still have the profile to cause big teams a lot of issues. Yeah. Though I wouldn't call That's... we don't play like a big team. We'll I think we will cause them problems because we'll like we did when we played them in the first game of the lock after lockdown. Yeah, that's true. We give them the ball. We don't want the ball. So <laughs> I would say that we are I'd say Chelsea is quite a good matchup. I mean they beat him three times last year. Um I, ooh, I don't know. Twice actually. twice in the league uh... and the Carabao Cup. Yeah, but then they lost the FA Cup, so... 3-1's not bad. 
yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I haven't actually got any Man United players. I mostly because it's very hard to know who the best player is, the best asset is. Yeah, it's really. Like, I mean, the, the obvious pick would be Bruno. Yeah, but is yeah, is he too much now? Um, is there better value with other players around his price? Probably. Um, um I mean, he, yeah, he's the guy who's at the front of or at the pinpoint of everything for them still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's still the, the, the man yeah. for him. I'm yeah. so far I've kind of just gone between yeah, I'd say Bruno or Martial just because Martial's the man who finishes Bruno's work. I do like Martial. I think for nine million that's great value. You know, other you know, strikers around his price and obviously Vern is the main one that everyone's bringing in. Yeah. Um I still worry about Werner. I still see a lot of Fernando Torres in him. Or left so wing, maybe yeah, left wing. Yeah, well, goodness, I, goodness knows. I mean, apparently the, the deal for Kai Havertz is going through now. Yeah, and big I, money being yeah, I, yeah, but not in the right places is my concern well, for they Chelsea. Got, they've got Thiago Silva coming in, haven't they? Even He's decent. He's not going to stop players, you know. Um, so one of my mates was saying this earlier today. You know, they're still going to see Kepper in goal, and they're going to think, "Yeah, I'm just going to, whack it. I'm going to whack it from 40 yards. He won't stop this." I think, um, I think they'll buy another keeper as well. Yeah, I mean, they'll have to find. I mean, they, if they if they really are getting habits, they can't afford to splash out on like a Yan or Black type. You know, they'd yeah. have to get. Nick, they'd Nick have Pope. to. Yeah, that well, even Nick Pope would command a, a reasonably hefty fee. They'd have to, they'd have to really find some value somewhere else. Um, yeah, you know, even if it was like get Jack Butland in for ten million. Oh, he's going um, to, I heard, I heard about going to Southampton. Has Southampton got some sort of goalkeeper fetish or something. I don't know if I'm well, allowed to say it's fetish, not, it's but not, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's just a goalkeeper fetish. I think it's a, an English goalkeeper fetish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have, but. Chelsea are kind of like you said about Bernard. I feel like Chelsea are the kind of team where their fixtures are fairly mid-range, assets are fairly mid-range. You know, we we're kind of leaving them out a bit. I don't know how much time we've got, but we don't really. You know, they're not like, oh wow, these fixtures are amazing. Oh wow, the assets are amazing. They're both kind of in the middle. So it's a mixed bag. They've got Brighton, Liverpool, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Man United as their first six games. So. We really don't. A bit like with Man United, we don't know who their best player is. No, we don't know how Chelsea are going to line up. Uh, at least with their front line, goodness knows is Werner going to play in the middle? Is Abraham going to start? Is Mount going to be there? Where is Ziyech? How does Ziyech fit into this? Is Pulisic going to be fit enough? Yeah, is Havertz yeah. coming? We re- we honestly like. I think like again, we still got. Um, I guess what two or three weeks now. Before the season starts, we've got is it there's the... going to be time answers to be to, to us to get the answers, but right now we just don't know. Yeah, it's I, I can't see Abraham starting, I can't see Mount starting anymore. I feel very sorry for Mason Mount actually. Um, the good thing mm. with, with Havertz is assuming he comes, I don't know what price he's going to be, obviously, is that he is his position is he, he can basically play anywhere from center midfield onwards. Yeah, um, true. I think he'll play every game, assuming he's settled in enough to play the first game. I think he will play every game. I think he's that good. But I don't know what price he's going to come in. It's probably a wait and see, like a bit like they were last season. Last season was like a wait and see as well. 
Well, that was the thing. I mean, I'm just thinking back uh, back to it now. Pulisic barely played for the first like I think like ten weeks or something like that. He yeah, then scored a hat trick. Yeah, then yeah, and got a hat trick against Burnley, and then yeah. um, didn't really well, had a few injuries, but then obviously ended the season really positively. So, yeah. as you say, it's a wait and see with them. Um, I think so. But obviously, Werner's yeah. in like 38.8% of teams or something I saw the other day. So uh, yeah, I mean, he, people he, aren't he, waiting he, and seeing. He, he was a great player at Leipzig. I, I look forward to seeing him in the Premier League. Um, but, you know, I just get nervous every time Chelsea splash, you know, 50 million odd on a forward. Um, yeah, the curse. I just, I just get Tor. I know he's not Spanish, but I just get Torres and Morata vibes. Um, yeah, they, he's a different type of, of striker. You know, obviously, you know they're going to have to change to an extent as well. They can't root one it like they did with Giroud and Abraham. Werner won like twenty percent of aerial duels last season in the league. He's basically ineffective, mm. Um, mm. which is why he played up front with Holson a lot of the yes. time. So I don't know. If yeah. we'll, I don't know if we'll see that from Chelsea, Giroud and Werner. That'd be interesting. Yeah, mm. like a maybe a diamond or maybe like I don't know, just like a four four two even. You know, with oh, old fashioned. Yes, I like it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. Really tough to say. Which I suppose is you know the wait and see. Like it was last season. Last season was almost you know, a massive year of change because all the young lot came back in off from loan, you know, like, let's wait and see how Mount does, how Tomori does, how Abraham does, etc. Now this year, it's like, they've bought all these players, let's wait and see how they do. Yeah. You know, same kind of thing, let's wait and see how Ziyech, Werner, probably Havertz, and Chilwell yeah. as well. Um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. so... I think, yeah, unless you're a Chelsea fan, which Chelsea fans will probably get three of them, because it is quite yeah. exciting. I'd imagine I, I'd be quite buzzed if I was a Chelsea fan, um, but I'm not, so I'm not that so, excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dem and Leicester, I would say, are probably the two. Let's wait and see. And uh, on that note, I think uh, we've said we've done all we need to do today. Yep. Well, uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, the second episode of Parking the Bus, a fantasy football podcast. Um, as per usual, please leave any feedback you want on Twitter or elsewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, we need to get better yeah. at these, don't we? These goodbyes. Uh, we'll leave it there for this week then. Uh, I've been Callum. I have also been Jack. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I right. sound excited. Yeah. You you always sound excited, uh, not. Anyway, no, cheers, guys, for listening, and we'll hopefully see you next week. Bye. Yeah, see you later. Bye. <laughs>